1: Tom Bernard Show with
0: co host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, JB,
2: Mike Molina, and Solomon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Solomon with a laugh. I like. Yeah, it. I, I don't know
2: what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: I think I scared him
3: because I pointed at him.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, you scared him because you pointed. Well, if you pointed at me, it'd scare me too. Right? Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> We will be back in just a couple of seconds, Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield, walls of collision, is a fleet of full service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com.
4: Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company. And they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
1: Welcome to the Young Holt Limited Show. <laughs> the Young Holt. That's the Soulful Strut by Young
5: Holt. What do you think of that?
1: I knew it was See, I called. Like it. I knew it was called the
3: Soulful Strut. I didn't know who it was done by.
5: Yep. Young a lot Hope of songs was... from that area are by er, era are by people who did one song and then just like seems to have stopped existing.
1: Pretty much true. It's absolutely true. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest in studio, Solomon Giorgio.
2: How you doing? I tell you,
1: marvelous. Nice talking to you again, sir.
2: I'm I'm happy to be back here. We
1: absolutely it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's a great time. We had a great conversation yeah. yesterday on the KQ Morning Show, and now to have you back in studio today is a wonderful thing. Um, we learned a lot about uh, about you yesterday, which I really enjoyed. The family's here. My wife is here. Hello. Oh, hi. Our son is, is with us Hello. as well, Andy. Hi. Solomon, uh, family's from Ethiopia. He was born mm-hmm. in Sudan. Moved to, where did, uh, remember I told you yesterday, Solomon, yes. that when JB hears where you moved from <laughs> Sudan to...
2: St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, he just yeah. told me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you found out that yep. so JB grew up in St. Louis,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Missouri. And then you went to Fresno and ended up in, in Seattle. Yes. And I think it's a, it's a terrific story because uh, just the way the whole, the whole thing uh, worked out, you, both of your parents, both Solomon's parents were janitors. Yes. And it's just like the American, I, what I love about <laughs> your story, it is you can do what you wish to do in America and i wish people would stop saying that you can't it
2: really annoys me. <laughs> well it yeah you you can definitely well my parents retired as janitors so i don't know if that's what they want to do but i definitely got to do what i wanted to do <laughs> well I, that,
1: that was your fault though oh, I mean, yeah. that was a big oh, yeah. big problem.
2: but i think me reaching uh my potential was uh was part of their their dream too mm-hmm. so yep, they, that, they, get, they get the about. benefits of me uh becoming successful so they won't die you sad told a great story <laughs>
1: No, that's exactly. Right. You told a great story about how your father went, did go back to to Africa though, yes. and is living a life of glory there because the <laughs> money's worth three times more.
2: Yeah, it's just uh, he, him, and a group of friends are, are there. They own a hotel in the uh, capital and are just uh, are living the, the last of their years in. It's like he, like he's he has a very deep seated love uh, for Ethiopia, so he's he's sure. content out there.
1: What I love about that story is, oh, you know America, (laughs) oh yeah.
5: Well, he was a janitor and now he owns a hotel. (laughs) So it worked out, worked out really well actually. He bought an entire hotel Uh, off the janitor's salary.
2: Oh no no no! Not by himself. Uh, He like he okay. I was gonna say
5: (laughs) that's impressive. Uh,
2: and also, I don't know what the quality of the hotel is. It can be like a some-lord situation. I've never <laughs> actually got it.
1: It's
0: a small,
2: crappy hotel. Solomon. I don't know what my dad's he doing when here. I'm not looking. It's just like <laughs> shit, shit's cr- the hotel in Shit's Creek. Oh, yeah. But no, he, he, uh, he yeah. got together with uh, his friends. They pulled their money together, and they, they, they own the hotel together. Uh, but that's uh, a lot of uh, Ethiopians are very much community based uh, when whenever they do like, yep. business ventures. So friends get together and p- pull money and then they just they buy property. And that's like a lot of restaurants like Ethiopian restaurants do that here a lot of the time where they like, reach out to the community and they're like, yeah, we'll help you out. And you just have to help somebody out later on in, in the future in the community, too. Now,
1: did you try eating in one of our Ethiopian restaurants in town?
2: I have not. I am very scared of eating at the restaurants cuz my mother is a really good cook and I just don't I don't want <laughs> I don't want the watered down version. Yeah, I understand.
1: Well, these people are from Ethiopia though, that own them.
2: Yeah, I, I know, but it's I like I've like it's my mom is like I, in a sense like I meant she's so good that I've had other cooking from other Ethiopian women and it was not up to par <laughs> so wow, i okay, so yeah. I, I i'm very careful uh on who i like because my mom has zero like her spice level is off the charts and it's so off the charts but she still eats like a a raw jalapeno with the food on top of that so it's
1: oh my oh. god oh, man
3: and he was <laughs> he goes oh. <laughs> well that's that's because we were talking off air that he's he's a reflux mm-hmm. uh suffer as as am i yeah and, To be fed that way.
2: Oh no, I've uh, I've almost uh, I've definitely uh, injured my esophagus because of my mother's cooking in the past. (laughs) But I I willingly do it every time.
1: (laughs) Hey, if you like it, you like it, though, right? Yeah, makes you happy. Just don't try to lie down immediately afterwards. (laughs) No, Solomon is at acme tonight and tomorrow night. Ladies and gentlemen, two shows each night, 8 and 10, 30, as a matter of fact. So what do you think of uh, this is the first time you've been at Acme, right?
2: This is my first time at Acme, but uh, every comedian on average is already familiar with the club because it is one of the best in the country. So the all opportunity right. to perform here is, like, yeah. it was so, when I was like, once I got the invite, I was like, yeah, I don't care what I'm doing. Cancel all plans. I'll be there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Lewis Lee does a great job mm-hmm. with, with ACME. He does a magnificent job and so everybody I have yet to meet a person. The only complaint I've ever heard about ACME was from Bill Dwyer. I don't know if you ever worked with Bill Dwyer I don't think out, I have. out of Chicago. Very, very funny guy. He's been mm-hmm. around a long time. He's an actor as well, you've seen him on TV. But he said he he doesn't like working at Acme in the wintertime because you go downstairs and the last three or four stairs there's about two feet of snow at the bottom <laughs> of the staircase. <laughs> I I mean, because up. of
0: those weird wire staircases right. or whatever they are, grids.
1: That's exactly it. But Lewis takes care of that. He, yeah. He's got it all taken care of. So how the show's been
4: going?
2: Oh, I've actually... I, it's really... It's just... They're all so good. It, it's very surprising. Like, people are showing up, and they're showing up to laugh. And it's like it's... Uh, when you perform in L.A. a lot, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of industry people not ready to laugh uh, very quickly. So... Once you perform anywhere else, you're just like, oh, this is just, this is sweet satisfaction. It's almost like eating too much candy. It's really, really wonderful.
1: I don't really understand people in the business in Los <laughs> Angeles. They should be the first ones that understand what's funny and what isn't. And somebody. Up and coming. They should be the first ones to laugh, not the last.
2: Uh, it's the th- that's the thing. It's like once you've seen so much comedy, and if you're watching comedy every single day, and it's part of your job, it's just mm-hmm. like you, you you definitely acknowledge things are funny, but you do it in the uh, in your head kind of way. <laughs> like, oh, well, that was funny. I'm just gonna go ahead and keep a straight face this entire time. But yeah, that was a really <laughs> hilarious thing you said. <laughs> I'm not letting him know
1: that yeah. I think it's funny, but oh, I think it's no. very funny. Yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't agree with that laugh out loud it's enjoy your life
2: i've I've actually had to learn i I was actually a quiet laugher when i first started doing comedy and i have like i like taught myself like you got to be like yes people have to hear your laughter otherwise they'll be like what am i doing wrong
1: (laughs) one of my favorite things was the first time i went backstage at a comedy club which is probably god i don't even know 40 years ago now probably but I went backstage at a comedy club, and in those days, and I don't know, uh, I don't go backstage anymore, so I don't know what, what happens today. But forty years ago, when a comedian was on stage, the other comedians went, "Man, this guy sucks. He's terrible." <laughs> I mean, they would never say anything nice about any other comedian. Uh,
2: yeah, that's uh, that's usually on average that happens a lot. Uh, it depends on the space you're in, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, there's there's a good chance there there's a solid amount of uh, trash talking uh, <laughs> on, on every every show and in any place in time. <laughs> but I yeah.
1: suppose that's true. Solomon standing in, on the stage at Acme, does your head hit the ceiling?
2: Uh, it's getting there. Uh, <laughs> it's i definitely I I feel like a giant. And I, I actually, it's my preference. I like I, I like I like intimidating the audience a little bit. So uh, a small enough stage <laughs> makes me look scarier. Yeah.
1: For people who just tuned in, uh, Solomon's six foot four, and you have been since you said you were what, 17?
2: Yeah, 16, oh. actually. 16. Yeah. 16, actually. How much
0: did you weigh when you hit that? Height?
2: Oh, I was scrawny. I was like 110, 120 pounds. <laughs> it was paper thin. <laughs>
0: uh, I only laughed because my brothers are super tall, and they were really, really scrawny, too. And I just, oh, yeah. it, it, it's a look.
2: Yeah, it takes he's, a while to fill out over time. When you hit, when you grow that yeah. quickly, you're like, oh, it's going to take me a second. Like, I barely, it just, once I, cl- I now waver between 190 and 200, and I'm still scrawny looking, so.
1: You know, what's interesting to me is the people in the front row there, for people who've not been to Acme Comedy Club, um... The stage is right on top of the audience. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're on stage and then there's a there's a walkway and then there's the audience. It's like no, the the audience is right there, and you're about what a foot or two above them, something like that. Yeah,
2: barely like a foot and a half. In yeah, there.
1: about a foot and a half. Yeah, there you go. So then you get a guy who's six foot four on top, <laughs> top of that. Oh yeah, yeah, you must seem like a
2: giant. Oh, the whole audience is there. All their heads are just like lifted up, mouths agape. I just felt so. Like, <laughs> 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 I Think that's a great actually. Really submissive position you guys have been forced to be in right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. No question about that.
1: <laughs> you keep an eye now so so you've been you've been living in the United States, St. Louis, Fresno mm. and and Seattle since you were a little boy.
2: Yeah, about 4. Uh, but i've been Not now in la for old. 6
1: years and i've been in la for 6 years mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, i keep forgetting i keep thinking because of your picture that you're like 22 years old <laughs>
2: <laughs> i appreciate you're very it young looking. oh no yeah it's all going to fall apart one day but right now i definitely still get look young and i'm very grateful for it <laughs> i've done nothing you to think preserve it, will it. Fall apart, man? oh yeah i've i've been smoking since i was 16 i've been drinking since 17 so i'm pretty sure it's going to all just tear like fall apart in one day <laughs> man you did live in st louis <laughs> oh,
1: <yeah. laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> nah, hey, you know, I was 11 years old. I started smoking when I was 11 and started drinking when I was 11.
2: Yeah, wow. See, I was that young. You're cooler than me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I don't know about being cool. It's just you grow up in the ghetto, and that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just kind of how it is. Somebody's gonna
2: give you, get you a pack Maybe. of cigarettes. Oh, I don't. Yeah. That, I mean, I never bet smoked you cigarettes. Uh, actually, I didn't. St- like I, a, yeah. I started smoking cigarettes in the suburbs of Seattle. So that might... Oh, did you? Yeah, it was my coworkers at J.C. Penney that that got me into it. Don't try to make J.D. <laughs> feel. <Phil>, <laughs> 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 you know,
1: it'll all work out. And by the way, we, uh, I guess, I guess the best reference for for people who who don't know this is is Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, uh, what did I smoke? I smoke cool cigarettes. That's what I <laughs> smoked, as a matter of fact. So that's what was available, so that's what you smoke. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. You I, can I
3: got to watch
0: his special.
3: I got sent uh, to the, the uh, store, corner store for cools. Mm. Sure. <laughs> and that, that, and that's amazing cool. because, you know, I, I wasn't even, I probably was 10 or 11 years old. Go down the corner, get me a pack of cools. And Not no anymore. No,
2: not anymore. No, no. They also uh, they used to you, they used to not lock up the cigarettes when I started smoking no. too. So we were able, right? Like if they were yep. going to card us, we're like, yeah, we could just take them ourselves. They're not going to stop us. <laughs> you
3: you oh mentioned God, Catherine <laughs> mentioned Dave throughout the whole, and it's two hours. Mm-hmm. Is either on a uh, he's smoking a cigarette or he's oh, vaping? Really? Yeah, he's vaping. Or yeah. he vaped oh. through the first hour, and he smoked a cigarette through the second one.
0: <laughs> I saw an interview with him. I don't remember who was interviewing him, but he seemed rather uncomfortable.
3: Yeah, yeah he s- does now. Supposedly, yeah. there's a hint, and I've watched it three times, and I don't get it, but there's a hint to why he went to Africa, supposedly. Mm-hmm. He, at the end, he oh, sa- right? he says why, but I don't understand. I still don't understand why he went.
2: No, oh, I think he just wanted to go. I, that's, yeah, it's, I think, yeah, I don't really try to dwell too deep on that one. Because, like, if I want to go do something and everyone's telling me not to do it, I'm going to go do it.
0: Well, <laughs> so do, he made the yeah. point that he was offered $50 million mm-hmm. to do a special, and and he left. He turned yep. it down and left. Yeah. And it was about, I, I thought it was because of the whole success thing was just grinding on yeah. him and mm-hmm. he I mean, wanted his kids it, to it's... learn a different culture yeah. Yeah. i think it's just yada, a, a yada, yada. bunch
2: of stuff at the same time and there's really no like it's at the end of the day it's like i want to do it no one's no and i can do whatever i want kind of situation
0: but where where did, yeah. where did he go and what was he doing over there i think I he mean, just went to south africa it's like to, for like yeah, two but just weeks pick up and go to, to did he know anybody does he have family there i mean it's no. just kind of i, but, don't I think, I
2: think he, his mother died didn't yeah. she um, it, I don't know oh, if it was maybe. then, but I think it's just like like you get to a certain like stress level, uh, especially in that industry because there's so many people on you, like even yeah. like there's literally hundreds of people talking at you and one like like it's such a high level of like focus uh, focusing in on you that like I could I can see somebody just having like a m- bit of a mental breakdown and going you know what I'm gonna go to Africa yep. <laughs> for a couple Stuart of weeks. Story educates me about this movement. You know what I mean? I didn't even know shit about it. He told me it's called LB. G T Q.
3: But I mean, he, it, not to give a lot of it away, at the beginning of the first hour, he says, This is going to be the last time you're going see me for a while. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, really?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why he fulfilled his contract in one year, because he was like, Four specials, yep. this much money, knock it out as quickly as possible so I can just enjoy the remainder of my life until I want to come back out in public again. And I think. Yeah, well, he yeah, did. Yeah. I respect his
0: control. It seemed to me that, yeah, I I understand. I I think I understand what was going on. I mean, obviously I can't completely understand Mm -hmm. it because I've never been in his shoes. But it also seemed like he was getting a lot of pressure just politically. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'm not the savior of the universe here, people. You know, it's like uh, I'm a comedian and all of a sudden I'm supposed to be the spokesperson for humanity. Yeah, that's a lot to take on. It is a
2: lot to take on. I think, like, regardless of what happens, I think he just likes control of his life. And I'd do the same thing if I was him. We will be right
1: back. Part two of our two. Bernard
2: I'm Brad Huckle, president
0: of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. h and Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative Financing. See an opportunity too good to pass
5: up? Stop in. We'll make it happen north american banking company a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender
2: Who have money said the same thing when Trump got elected? That's it, bro. I'm out. I'm leaving the country. You coming with us? Nah, I'm good, dog. I'm gonna stay here and get this tax break. See how it works out. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is, Ben The First time I got some money, that didn't work out like that. The most unlikely thing that happened ever was a black president came out of nowhere. Like, come on, everybody, let's start thinking about everyone else. Oh, nigga, I just got this money. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: i remember oh. he ended up apologizing for that because he said that on saturday night live mm-hmm. and he dropped the big end and people were were lighting him up because he dropped the big end yeah. so uh you know uh and you
3: know, you know franklin and that's i was just gonna say and that's that's part of the reason why he struggles with this is because he takes a lot of heat from his own race yeah, about mm-hmm. that.
1: He does. He, I know that uh, back in the day, uh, you know, Jackson went after him and Sharpton went after him and mm-hmm. all these people. You know, Jesse, Jesse said and, and Reverend Sharpton said, hey, you're making white people laugh at us. And that mm-hmm. put a lot of pressure on him. I know that. Yeah. I, I know that's absolutely true. No, but uh Frank you know who Franklin Ajayi is, you know the comedian Franklin Ajayi? Yeah, I do. You do. Do you know him at all, Solomon? I don't think I do. Yeah, he's he's an older guy mm-hmm. now. He's he he was before he was Chappelle, yeah. before Chappelle was Chappelle. And he mm-hmm. he said he wanted to trace his roots back to Africa. So he said he worked very very hard. And I'm sorry, Molina, but you're going to have to edit here. <laughs> uh-huh. But he, he said he finally, he found the village from which his family came. They went came from this village in Africa to uh, America. And he said he went back, and he had to cross a mountain range to get to the village in which his family was raised up. And he said, I remember crossing that mountain and for the very first time, looking down on the village my family came from. And I just stared at it for a long time. I stared at all these, like, thatched huts. There were all these huts. All these thatched huts everywhere. And I thought to myself, who designed these motherfuckers? <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 See, you know, that's great humor right there.
1: Do not
0: forget to edit that.
1: Do not forget to edit that. <laughs> definitely for 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 uh, terrestrial. You want to edit that yeah. one? Most definitely.
4: Nothing <laughs> needs to
0: sneak out there.
1: We can give you the time on it. So, as a young black man, and again, I keep thinking
2: you're 18. I, I expect, gotta stop. I appreciate. That. No, don't at all. Let me enjoy it while <laughs> I have it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> enjoy what? Is there a lot of pressure on you as a young black man, though? To, to, like Ch- Chappelle got? Do all young black comedians, uh, particularly men, do they get? Do they still get pressure? Or that is that? C- well, of no. Like as a black
2: person, as a black person in general, I'm always cautious of what I say into the world, because <laughs> it's it's a like it's, it's like I'm definitely not as afraid to say as many things as I want to now, especially based on being on stage. Um, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I definitely want to do more good than harm. And that's what matters a lot, as 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 people. That's what we want. Like you don't want to get inside yourself so much that you don't realize what other people feel and how they feel about things. So I don't want to like Mm -hmm. like I definitely want to be cautious of what I'm saying, but I'm gonna say as much as I can without. (laughs) But like it's there's it's a it's a tightrope, uh, and I'm happy to walk it. And if I I fall off, I'll just get back on. It's it's not that scary.
3: I've I've heard many a black comedian say. And joke about the fact, as as a race, we're basically the only race that feels that we're being held re- always being held responsible mm-hmm. for what other blacks do. Yeah. I mean, they act up in the store, and everybody turns to the other black exactly. person in the store and go, hey, can't you get them to stop? <laughs> you know, it's like, or you watch the TV. And I catch myself doing this. Mm-hmm. There's been a murder committed or something, and you go, please don't be black. Please oh, don't be black. Uh, yes. Please oh, don't no. <don't> <laughs> and please, please, the please. guy's photo comes up, and he's like, "Damn it!" And it is okay. Well, I'm gonna have to explain that away tomorrow mm-hmm. at work, you
2: know. And it's like, oh, well, because yeah, we're like we take personal responsibility for each other, right? Like that's why we like that's like during the '90s when some there was black people like pull up your pants. You're like, well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't make a difference. Like, like at the end of the day, it's like it 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 does. Like you are careful because you want to not mm-hmm. put that responsibility on another black person at all. But right. But at the same time, we shouldn't have that responsibility of each other to begin with. My brother recently
3: told me of a story. He, was, he had pumped gas. He was going in to pay for it. And this younger black male walked up with his pants sagging and apologized to him for, that, for, that, for him sagging his pants. My brother said he was caught off guard by it to the point he didn't know how to respond to him
1: yeah I and he and that. he
3: and he literally sent a text to me and my other brothers asking what should what do you think he should have said and it's like, well, I told him it's it's probably a good time for a teachable moment if he mm. had that conscious thought in his head that he had to apologize to you, maybe it's time for him to stop period you know because mm. my my do soul, you age
0: do, you, do people age out of that
2: Sagging? Yeah. Sagan? Uh, mm. no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, no. No. Cause I, they don't age out. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. No. no.
0: I thought maybe it was a fashion statement. It's a that, thing. It, yeah, it was a generational you know, thing. It was a. Just...
3: But it was a. You know where it came from? From prisons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know where it came from. Yeah. In prisons, because, right. Because they didn't have belts. But, like, my son would give it the half hearted look of having it done. Because he would be wearing a belt. But the very top of—I mean, I mean, just the very top of his underwear would be shown, and then no, actually I mean. he doesn't do it at all anymore. But there was a stage no, in I high school that. where he, he knew that if he didn't have a belt on, that I would probably be like, "Hey, what's going on here <laughs> with, with, with that?" You know.
2: But yeah,
1: going after it, him a little bit.
0: Yeah, so he did age out of it.
2: Yeah, so he, he did. did but he did I did down. too. I, I did it a little. I, I did it for a whole week. You didn't sag. <laughs> you did it for a week. Did you sag for a week? Yeah, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I tried it out for you a hot second. The <laughs> hot, hot
1: second was good. To be a hundred percent honest, as a one hundred percent white person in America, mm-hmm. I'm my lineage is like wherever white people are from. I'm part that. I mean, literally, that's true. We did that twenty three and Me thing. But every time I'm watching the news. And there's a, a crime that's been committed and if that crime was committed by a black person I call JB and go see I just hang up, <laughs> just hang up on him yeah, yeah and, and it really works out. and
3: yeah. Philip calls right after and goes man can you believe <laughs>
2: <laughs> the but- Billy dog but maybe the world might be a little bit better if like white people took like responsibility for others <laughs> <laughs> if the other white people are like oh man we're sorry for that you guys we're going to go ahead and get rid of them for you real quick <laughs> right.
1: uh, don't you, we, we <laughs> do don't you think
5: <laughs> isn't that pretty much what defined 2017 yeah <laughs> we did a whole lot of that near the end especially
2: a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: Well.
2: but it's new to you guys you're, you're getting used to it you're getting mm-hmm. comfortable with it, <laughs> it, it t- starting to get comfortable with it yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I, I just think well you know uh, and again, I grew up in a, in a in a mixed race neighborhood. So for me, it's kind of weird for me, Solomon, because mm-hmm. I grew up around everybody, uh, and so it was all the same to me. Mm-hmm. I went to school with black kids and Mexican kids and Jews and yeah. and uh, and that's great. everybody. So for me, it all seemed normal. We all hung yeah. out together. We went, you know, trick-or-treating on mm-hmm. Halloween. We hung out. and uh, we, I mean, we did everything. Italian kids and Irish yeah. kids. Thank you. I was going <laughs> to say, I <you> have <laughs> to
5: mention the
3: dagos.
2: <laughs> I, I know. It, mention it, dagos. I mentioned the dagos. I got the dagos in there. It normalizes everybody that way. And that's—and what sucks now is i found out, like, the schools at this moment in are actually just as segregated as they were oh, in yeah. 1968. Oh, yeah. And it's that's very, insane. Yeah. <laughs>
3: And, and and that's the and on some levels it's by class
1: mm-hmm.
3: and then by race.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's true. I think you're right about that. Oh, and by the way, I should mention. I also do that to Molina. If I'm watching the news and a crime's committed by an Italian, I call him and go see, and, then I, hang, and then I hang up on him too. Well, and I should use this I opportunity uh,
3: to apologize to Solomon because I think uh, Ethiopia was, you know, the Italians. That was the only sliver
5: of
2: Africa we could get. Uh, well, actually, no. You guys had Eritrea for the longest oh, okay. time. Uh, you only occupied yeah, it was Ethiopia. Um, but we were never colonized, so oh. you didn't win. <laughs>
1: oh, no, no. We, we never do. We never do. We didn't learn our lesson in World War II either. I love that you, you didn't win. Yeah. You tried, you
2: but that's all that matters.
1: So. <laughs> don't you think Don't you think that, that conversations like this are very important because it's not put on and it's not anybody kissing anybody else's ass about, oh, you know, all these poor people. We're just having a conversation, yeah. and that's what I like about this.
2: And that's the thing, is like, you, like, it's, well, that's the thing, like, this, these conversations can happen all the time. It's just when people get uncomfortable yep. and afraid. <laughs> um, and they just think, like, the conversation itself is the problem. And you're like, no, 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 hey, no. You I'll, want to make somebody yeah.
3: uncomfortable, you should go next door. There's this <laughs> comedian named Sai. And if you
2: bring up Race or Cy, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, How oh, does he people. get uncomfortable? <laughs> I'll corner him and just start talking oh. about black people real quick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know,
1: because he, he, he's like 6'4", as well, so you're both 6'4", mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and you can just have a face-to-face conversation about, hey, hey I understand you don't like black people.
2: I
0: think he'd faint. I yeah. think he would faint. He, would faint. <laughs> he would faint.
2: I've met Cy si before. He's so polite. I can't put that, put that on him. <laughs> he, <laughs> exactly. He, he, he a would very
0: nice faint. Guy. Dead I, away.
1: I think the world aside, but he and Molina kind of butt heads once in a while. No. <laughs> yeah. You got the Scandinavian and the Sicilian. It just doesn't work out. It's uh, just, they got nothing in common. It's fire and water. You know what I mean? Yep. It's fire and water. That's exactly right. Why? Well, you know, it just it is. You're absolutely right. It's fire and water. Dude, I, you know, stare at my shoes and the other guys trying to ch- choke the hell out of me. <laughs> you know, but, but it all works out in the
5: end.
1: It all works out in the end. But I do like getting. People's personal opinions and real opinions, and that's what this show does for me. I love doing it because the people. There's no reason to come on this show and go, "Oh, you know, I'm going to try to impress somebody, so I'm going to say this." They say that they what they really think, and I love that. Oh yeah, that's the you way know? the world should be. But that's
3: that's what you get from mostly from comics. Mm-hmm. Is how they feel. Yeah, I think so. You know, or there uh, how they see things happening in the
2: world. Oh, some of us. There's some of us that are spineless. don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> what did, uh, you
1: know, I don't make reference to Louis C.K. here. Not my favorite person in the world. He's, he's not a very pleasant person. I don't know if you know him. Or, or I've never not, met someone. him, so. Uh, not a pleasant guy at all, and I don't know he's going through that thing of his where he liked to whack a mole in front mm-hmm. of women he didn't even know or whatever, but he did, he crossed the those barriers I mean he was saying things that um he said it, it, his least favorite word in the, in the world mm-hmm. was what white people white people uh, just say the, uh called yeah the n word He yeah. said it's the worst thing he's ever oh it's the n word see I just call it the big n mm-hmm. big n is good but the n word is kind of lame and college professory if you it does that. yeah
2: but for me the I'm n word like when they actually say the word I'm like ah we're still not ready for that yet <laughs> No, so I guess. Ooh, you know what? <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, we're not. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I understand. But, but you know, um, being from Africa, mm-hmm. I want to ask your opinion on this. It's you know, it's a different country, obviously, but it's the same continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, since President Obama found out that the French pronounced the name of the country Niger, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden everybody on the news pronounced it Niger.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they now? What is that? Yeah, oh yeah, sounds classy.
5: That's the new thing as of like what six months ago. All of a sudden, it's Niger. It's not Niger anymore.
2: Well, it is. It is a French name, so it's that does make sense. But I've, I yeah, that's. I don't watch the news. I actually read the news uh, because watching the news drives me crazy. A and, good? No,
1: yeah. seriously, Salman, that's a good idea. Like that's a really good idea.
2: It's mostly talking heads now, and I'm like, that's not how... Like, I don't need the news and then seven other people's opinion about the news right afterwards. So I, I'm very much... Uh, so I, I don't know how people are pronouncing anything. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a weird twist. Uh, yeah,
1: Niger. Because they, like, What did you just call me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody
2: should pass it that's along and
3: mispass the uh, correct pronunciation. That's <laughs> a... <sense>. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> You ever work with Ms. Pat Solomon?
2: I have heard of Miss Pat uh, because a, of another friend of mine uh, worked with her on when he when he headlined Acme and I was hoping that I got to meet her but I would love to I've I've only heard tales cuz I she sounds like a phenomenal comedian. JB's favorite. If you she told If
0: you person. told her that, if you told her that you, she had to say Niger, she'd say what kind of bougie bitch? <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. B- she would. <laughs> It's exactly. Even, what man, she's that's too saying. bougie for me. Oh yeah. Well, also, it's I like love that. Ev-
2: all those, all, every country is literally a different name than what it's being called here. So why specifically one? <laughs> like that's just a weird. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, I, you're absolutely right. Just because it got too close mm-hmm. and made him too uncomfortable, <laughs> that's the one we're going to pick out, and we're going to pronounce it Niger. Oh. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I don't know. So is it Nigeria? Yeah. Instead of Nigeria. It's Nigeria. Nigeria.
2: No, they're not going to do that. They're not
1: going to do I hope not. I'm hoping that's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, I don't know. It makes uh, no sense to me, but. It is what it is, but I, I you know, I, I kind of worry because you know I'm older than you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do kind of worry that we're going to get, we're getting to the point. It seems like we're getting farther apart instead of closer together. Why? Why do they think that's the right thing to do?
2: I don't. Like I, I don't feel like we're getting farther apart.
1: I, I, I think we you know? are,
3: but I don't think they realize that's what's happening.
5: No, they're trying, but they're trying. In a very incompetent way to right. get everyone and to get closer together.
3: Because I, you know, I see the stuff that my family members post on Facebook, and it's like, "Whoa, okay, calm down a little bit. Let's everybody calm down,
1: <laughs> calm down, relax." I like it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Solomon will be at Acme tonight and tomorrow night uh, at eight and ten thirty, and we will be right back in about two minutes. Tom Show. it is right there. Ladies and gentlemen, Solomon in studio with us. He will be at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, at Acme, 8 and 1030 both nights. The shows have been going very, very well. You should go out and see him. In any case, (laughs) what do you think of that action? Uh. Uh, I, uh, I tell you, it's it's always wonderful to talk to to people who've never been to uh, Acme before because it's a great club because Lewis does a great job with mm-hmm. it, but it's a great audience as well. They do a wonderful job with the audiences.
2: Oh there. yeah, they. I I'm 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 almost scared of how, how good it's going. Like one one of these nights, well, the audience will just get together and try to try to murder me.
5: Or... <laughs> <laughs> just gonna turn on you completely. In, uh, Minnesota in the winter, you're gonna get a good audience, uh, basically guaranteed
2: perfect i'm yeah. so i'm going to be yeah no question i'm yeah i'm content with every everything that's going on and the vending machine works we just found
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, really? They yes, it really finally fixed it well i mean like was it stocked though or is yes, it like it is. pretty sparse well, oh wow was, they actually uh well i got it, back at it
3: it was enough to uh, satisfy me let's put it that way i got some cheese it white cheddar crackers <laughs> what you got white cheddar
1: Yeah, white cheddar white. why, didn't, why white. didn't you get Niger cheddar <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I just thought of what I just said I said white cheddar crackers
2: yep. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> some <laughs> bougie BS oh, yeah, some bougie BS that. white and cheddar and cracker all in the same sentence <laughs> you know, God, you don't, you don't hear much of that cracker anymore back no. in the day you know, I, you know I gotta, um, Solomon, you might not know who this is, but uh, do you follow the NFL? I mean, Seattle's got a great football team, um, this year so much, but I, in I, general.
2: I pop in here and there. Uh, I know about the Vikings uh, getting really close. They are getting <laughs> really close.
1: <laughs> <There's laughs> a... <laughs> right. Molina doesn't want... Molina's one of those su- superstitious Italians. Yes.
2: Uh,
3: well, come on. Especially with Seattle, do we not remember Blair Walsh a couple years ago?
1: We do. Oh, we do indeed. Speaking of which, we, we got to go there next remember. year.
3: The schedule next year is brutal.
1: It is, isn't it?
3: Yep, especially well, on the road. Well, that's what happens when you win a division. Yeah. Yep. And That's why there's so much changeover every year. Yeah. And nobody. It's it not like you got a white cheddar in your mouth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a whole white cheddar cracker. Uh. And nobody,
3: nobody wants to say. <laughs> nobody, because they all they always talk about. There's like 80 percent turnover every year, in the playoff teams in the NFL. That's the yeah, biggest reason why.
1: Storm. Yeah. Yep. Strength the schedule, and it just – it just, yeah, keep moving forward. The reason I brought the NFL up is Alan Page was a superstar with the Vikings back in the day. He then became uh, the chief justice on the Minnesota State Supreme Court for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he, they were showing – he's featured in today's paper. He and his wife are featured in today's Star Tribune because he has a lot of African-American artifacts in his house. So when you go into his living room, there you have a picture of his wife and Alan – And there's a a sign hanging over the entryway to the living room that says for colored. Mm. It was really interesting to look at that. It's just not something you see anymore. (laughs) So seeing that was like, whoa! Whoa! I guess looking back now, is each wall colored a different color? Maybe just a (laughs) bad spelling. (laughs) Maybe. Just a bad speller. For colored. But I suppose...
3: But I think a lot of people would miss the mm -hmm. symbolism of him hanging well, it there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now, I only know this because of the TV show, but when Johnny Cochran redid OJ's interior house. of his house, mm-hmm. yeah, he put up all the artifacts and masks and everything. And from photos the the, juror, of his family. Yeah, and when all the jury came stuff. over. Yeah. But in. And, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Alan Page's, he's just reminding us yeah. of where we've come from and where we could, and, you know. Talk about what we were talking about a little bit earlier yeah. about being
1: divided. Where yeah. we can very easily slide back to, mm-hmm. if we're not careful.
2: Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no. you,
1: think, you, you think you really think we could slide backward that far now?
3: I am, and I think I've told you this before. Um, I'm starting to get that '60s feeling all over again, mm-hmm. where it's like not the the love and peace part of it and the hippie love, but the Mm-hmm. craziness of the the hate that brought about the assassinations mm. that
5: a lot of people are trying they're like yeah let's uh keep the races apart mm-hmm. because well for whatever reason everyone has a different reason that they want it to
1: happen uh this
5: that
2: that
1: is,
5: is that philip's uh, reaction yeah yep. that's philip right there
2: uh I think for me right now, what I'm watching is it's called the pendulum swing. It's actually happened multiple times in American history. Like, especially, like, oh, yeah. after the slaves uh, were were freed, uh, there was actually – there were there, were, there were black people were allowed to vote for – black men were allowed to vote. There were actually black men in the Senate and Congress in general. Mm-hmm. And what occurred then was the pendulum swung back hard again. Uh, and that's what caused the Jim Crow laws and a lot more – like, so – when big flare ups of like racism occurs in in the country, there is this giant like fury to get things back to the way they were, but the swing back is much harder towards progression right. uh, and making things better.
5: But it, 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 Does it, that mean it, we get to kill the Irish again in a few years? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: What he was talking about was uh, Black Reconstruction, mm-hmm. it was called. Yeah. Because yeah, I exactly. had
1: a seventh grade teacher, and she was heavy into teaching that. But yeah. um, So do you think the pendulum is swinging back toward that in the 60s? I, I do.
2: do? Um, I mean? think it, this is about as ex- Well, first of all, this is a very extreme situation that we're in. Is mm-hmm. There are literally white supremacists yeah. feeling free as possible to do a lot of damage and actually right. murder people and not getting the full extent of the law of it. Uh, but I think that right now what we're seeing is a strong, powerful movement of trying to regain peace and make things better to where it was. There's literally a protest once or twice a week of a massive scale. So I think I think right now we're definitely going to be pushing back to make things a much better place and much more peaceful situation for everyone.
3: But that's, that's where I think some of this... Um as our first guest talked about the hour before the piling on and the overreaction plays into it too because they want to force it so hard back the other way that they don't they don't know how to do anything else besides overreact to it Mm -hmm. or over their action is an overreaction to it
2: yeah it's it's the things like it's like the the anger is gonna be, it's not going to be focused. It's going to be spraying in multiple locations. Like, there's definitely going to focus on the bad people, too. But sometimes, unfortunately, like, there's always going to be innocent bystanders on the sidelines. Like, I just said the wrong thing at the wrong event. It's like, but at the end, it's, I think, people do have good intentions, and people will eventually become more relaxed when we're in a better situation for, like, when things seem more positive than negative.
3: I have a buddy at work, and he and I joke around, and there's a third guy that that he's not part of the university, but we're both friends with, and he sends messages to the other guy about me, and we laugh and joke. But I tell him, I said, Dave, be careful when you say things and how you say it. I know we're joking around, but it only takes the wrong person to be walking by, and your butt's going to be in big <laughs> trouble. Mm. You know, it's just, he goes, oh yeah, yeah, and it's like, I said. You know, I said, I know that you're good and we're just joking around, but it only takes one person to miss, miss the content or not understand that he and I are good friends or whatever. Or he's just repeating a message from another good friend and to have it just go the whole situation to go sideways because a lot of people are just so ultra uh,
2: sensitive Entity. right now. Yeah, but yeah. but the great thing is that the terrible people will do something so big and terrible that you, they'll lose focus on you very quickly.
1: <laughs> what well, you, would, you, you know, would the, the problem I have is, like every Thursday, I'm gonna have to check the pendulum to see if I can have
2: JB in or not. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at this week? Oh, nope, nope, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, JB, you can't come in this week. Pendulum went the other way a little <laughs>
1: bit too far. I, I just I don't I don't everybody focusing on on what they are instead of just focusing on being a human being is kind of annoying to me, you know, focusing on being a human being first and then let's get to the other things first. And I understand how, how, uh, history looks and how history Mm -hmm. went, but I don't think we're ever going to get it completely straightened away unless we focus on being human beings first and then go from there. I get in a lot of trouble, Solomon, because I treat everybody the same. Everybody I see, I treat the same. And some people think that's racist.
2: Um, Isn't that weird? Well, I don't know, Tom. I've I not I've not seen you do everything yet, so I have to check it out first, and then I'll do my research. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, JB has. <laughs> well, we have twelve hundred ninety six episodes.
1: Thank you. So, I'll start uh, listening
2: tonight, and I will give <laughs> take my <laughs> take but... back
1: to us. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's just kind of weird, and it feels weird to me that if I treat everybody the same, it seems to be the right thing to do to me. And other people think it's absolutely not. You have to treat some people better than others, and I just—that's uncomfortable for me.
2: Well, I don't like. I I definitely don't think like anyone should be treated any certain special way. Um, Like it's like it's all—it's just at the time right now, people are definitely focusing in on the importance of making things better. And sometimes that that anger and that flack just goes one way or the the other. I think at the end of the day, like. If you are trying your best, and and that's also, here's the things that I've also learned. When people feel like, they've, like they've been called racist and they don't feel like they're racist, I'm just like, well, it's okay. Racism works on a spectrum. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It just means somebody just disagreed with the thing you did, and they don't feel like you did the right thing. But look, at the end of the day, if you're being a good person like like I like I deal with racism all the time and in in different contexts of it and at the end of the day it's like it well, depends on the extent of it that I actually genuinely care and I think that person's awful I'm like no you just did the wrong thing but I don't think you're the worst mm-hmm. human being in the world and you definitely have qualities what I'm saying is I have a lot of racist friends <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you do really <laughs> no, like it just like there's it, it. It does work in a spectrum. It doesn't mean it's like this very hard line. This is how it works, and this is how, like it's just like it works in a bit of a spectrum. It's just taking that time and being like, look, I'm gonna do my best, and if it's not good enough, I don't think you're giving me the benefit of the doubt, and that's what you should do.
1: See, I, I think that white people don't see it that way. It's like this is how you have to do it, and this is the, the only way it gets done. Yeah,
5: and. If you don't do it this way, then you're absolutely wrong. That's, I think white people look at it in a really weird way. I think that's how everyone under like twenty two well, sees it. Yeah, maybe.
2: Well, yeah. I think the issue, a lot, the big issue is that when that white people are treating racism like it's the like it's the N word, like like they're being called a racist, and they're like, oh, that's the worst thing you can possibly call me. Is like, no, it's actually not. I'm calling you that because I know this I is agree. something you can work on, and this is something that you have. That's and it's like it's. Like if I walked around and I was generally hateful and angry at every racist, I would just be by myself in my house <laughs> talking to my. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk to myself either. Uh, it's like it's, I, uh,
3: I look at and I actually shared a story with a uh, young, younger than me coworker today at work, and I, and I, and the way I explained it to him was, uh, we were talking about. You know the sexual harassment stuff and whatnot. By the way, sidebar, Tom, we got another problem at the U, but we can talk about that next hour.
1: <laughs> okay, um, okay, okay.
3: Um, and I told him I said there was a couple of times where I had to pull my mentor aside, who who's since passed, and Tom knows uh, Dick Matson. He was uh, oh yeah uh, a white male, mm-hmm. but he uh, took very care good care of me as a college student and also as a junior protege working with him and but i had to pull him aside twice and tell him and say hey and the way you talk to that young lady you can't do anymore Mm -hmm. i said when i was in school i said you could have teased her about wearing a short skirt and high heels and and asking her about it does her boyfriend like like it when she dresses like that i said now you can't do that anymore and i had to you know, and the young lady told me she was uncomfortable about the, the conversation, and I had to stop the conversation with her and inform her of her rights at that point because we were both her supervisor, and that if I didn't do what I did, I also could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I would tell people that man had a heart of gold as long as the day is long, but I had to point out to him that what he was doing at that time. Was not good and could not. He couldn't do anything.
2: Well, that's the thing. It's like we we always want to paint people as just complete and total villains. Right. And I don't think that's the case with any human being. Uh, like I think there's always there's always a good quality of everyone. But the fact of the matter is, we like that's the thing is just not to be like not to take in the full like hurt of you being like a completely bad person when somebody points one thing out to you. It's like, yeah, it does suck to be called out here and there, but what? It's on average, no one like. No one is coming from an ill intent place and you're not coming from an ill intent place. So you can meet somewhere in the middle and be like, You were not trying to hurt each other, so let's talk about this. And I think that's what people are trying to do, but it just unfortunately they do it all caps on the internet and I don't think anyone
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. No, it's very true and no question about that. Acme Comedy Company tonight eight and ten thirty. Tomorrow night eight and ten thirty. Solomon Giorgio, Solomon, great having you in town. It's great to great to uh, talk to you.
2: I really appreciate uh,
1: across the mic. Oh no, it's phenomenal, and and I can't wait till the next time you come back. Uh, It's good conversation. I just love our conversation.
2: Um, I'll, I'll, I'll happily come back. Thank you.
1: Thank you, sir. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.